0: I wanted to leave a legacy. I wanted to build and create this legacy of you can do whatever you want, however, you want to do it. And whatever limitations and whatever disadvantages and whatever challenges are out there are a moot point if you're willing to show up and do the work.
1: This is Your Kick Ass Life Podcast, episode number 379 with guest Chelsea Stevenson. This is the
0: Your Kick Ass Life Podcast with Andrea Owen. A no-B.S. guide to
1: self-help and badassery. Because ladies, let's face it, life's too short for it to not kick ass. And here's your host, the girl who serves it up straight with a side of crazy, Andrea Owen. Hey there, ass kickers. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I am so glad that you are here. It is the middle of March, so spring is officially around the corner, which makes me oh so happy and excited. And I have one quick announcement coming up this spring. Amy Ehlers and I are teaching the writing experience again. We taught it last year, kind of right when the pandemic hit, and it was such it was such a, a great time to have with women so we could all get together and commiserate a little bit, but also have projects that either helped us through our, you know, fear, anxiety, grief through the pandemic, or just write about whatever it was that was on our heart that we wanted to write about. So it's writingexperienceprogram.com and it's a six week live program for. Writers or aspiring writers, whether you want to write a book or just want to write your way through your life, as I like to say. Last year in the program, we had women who were counselors, who were coaches. We had a lawyer in there who was writing a memoir. We had, we had entrepreneurs. We had nine to fivers, all different careers. So I don't want you to think this is only a group for coaches who want to write books, definitely if that's you, check it out. But it's really for anyone who wants to know the ins and outs of the publishing industry. What does it take to get a book deal? If you want to self-publish, we have, have amazing guest speakers who are experts on that, and we can help you through that. Or if you're someone who has just sort of had a dream about writing a book. And you're not totally sure if it's for you yet, but you just want to be around other women who have like-minded goals, who are like-minded spirits. And there's something always incredible and powerful when a group of women come together with the same interests and the same goals. So writingexperienceprogram.com to check it out. Let us know if you have any questions on that. One more quick announcement. I'm excited because I'm bringing back coaching on the podcast again. It's been a minute since I've done that, and we have an episode for you next week. So stay tuned for that. I got all hot and bothered over it. I had to stand up in the middle (laughs) of the podcast. (laughs) with Melissa, who is a listener and came on the show. So that's coming up next week. But for this week, I have an incredible guest for you today. Chelsea is here. Let me tell you a little bit about her. Chelsea Stevenson is a professional henna artist, business strategist, and homeschooling mother of three. She employs henna as her medium for encouraging self-celebration and empowerment at her five-star henna boutique. She believes, above all things, that there is power in the legacy we leave and that this legacy is built every single day. So without further ado, here is Chelsea. Chelsea, thank you so much for being here.
0: Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited.
1: I am excited too. And I, well, originally when, when my friend, our mutual friend, Sarah Dean said, I think you should meet. Chelsea Stevenson and have her on your show. And I went to your website and I'm like, this is the most niche <laughs> industry I think I've ever had someone on or even know. So, so you help people build their henna business, right? That's right. Yeah. Okay. Which I didn't bring you on to like teach people how to do that. So <laughs> people who are like, that's not me. <laughs> <laughs> no, please, please, please stick around. We're gonna have a great conversation, I promise. But I, I am curious just about henna in general because this is something I know almost literally zero about. Just that it looks beautiful. So, can you give us like a like a kind of a crash course? Like, where did henna originate? Um, you know, why do you think it's so popular in the United States now? Like, tell us, tell us everything, but not everything, if you know what I mean. <laughs>
0: Henna is a plant, and um, this plant has like a naturally occurring dye um, in, within its leaves, and it's been used for thousands and thousands of years. It originated in Africa, and it made its way all across Africa and South Asia, and into the Far East and so forth. And um, regardless of where you find it in the world, henna is used as um, as a medium to create art, especially on the body, or even you know on hair, on nails, um, to serve either in celebration of something or for self-care. And so we I'm starting to see over the years, I've been an artist out for 10 years, uh, but I'm seeing, um, henna become more mainstream, at least here in the U S definitely as women are looking for new ways that they can experience self-care. They're kind of tired of like the old, you know, hair, nails, basic, whatever.
1: Uh, and don't want to commit to like a permanent tattoo. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that, and so you see celebrities like, I mean, Madonna had, uh, had Henna. you had Beyonce with Henna. you have like all these celebrities doing it. And then all of a sudden everyone started to catch the, catch the itch for it. So.
1: Wow. And I mean, apparently it's, it's a lucrative business or you wouldn't be teaching people how to, <laughs> how to create their <laughs> own. So that's amazing. I love hearing stories like yours because to me that says, you know, you really can niche down that much if you do decide to be an entrepreneur or, and I know some people listening like to have side hustles and they're like, I don't know if anybody's going to buy it. And I, I feel like this is a great example. Cause I would have even never thought like, well, Hannah, maybe, but okay. You proved me wrong. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love that. You know, for me, uh, that's exactly how it started out. Henna was well, it didn't start out as, as a side hustle. That like, we can get into that, but um, I had Henna as a side hustle as a side hustle. Excuse me for quite a while as I was working. You know, my my nine to five, and then it was about three years into that business that I decided I will go full time. Which even you know, for me at that point, I wasn't aware of people who were making full time income as a Henna artist, and so I mm-hmm. kind of you know just paved my own way and i learned a lot and now i get to spread that knowledge with other people and it's it's really amazing
1: it sounds amazing and 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 speaking of amazing i you said something on sarah dean's podcast that really jumped out at me and you were talking about how you are building your own table instead of taking a seat at the table that already exists. So can you, can you talk to us more about that? How have you been able to create this life that you have? And you're also a homeschooler of three children that's uniquely yours. And, and um, yeah, tell us about that.
0: Oh gosh. There's so much in that experience, honestly. So for me growing up as a black woman in America, like I'm, I'm black, I'm Muslim. I'm like every <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. a Spanish speaker. Like I'm every minority that you would check. And being a multiple minority, I've become acutely aware of the things that stand in my way. And I'm just not willing to accept that, right? I'm very, very familiar with systemic injustices and those disadvantages that are that are placed upon me and others like me, you know, inside of our, our shared community. And so um, for me, part of my why in everything in life is legacy. And mm-hmm. I wanted to leave a legacy. I wanted to build and create this legacy of you can do whatever you want, however you want to do it. And whatever limitations and whatever disadvantages and whatever challenges are out there are a moot point if you're willing to show up and do the work. And so for me, um, I, because I do have my three babies who are watching me every day build this thing, I'm so incredibly just tapped into that 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 greater vision and that greater mission for myself that I'm like, yeah, I'm I don't I have zero interest in, in sitting at a table where I'm like haphazardly invited or like mm-hmm, I was added mm-hmm. to the guest list as a last you know oh well, well let's add some color to the roster like right. no thank you <laughs> no thank you yeah. I'm I'd love instead to just build build this proverbial table of my own. And invite those people who believe in equity and who believe in in excellence and who believe in um, you know, living one's best life and being authentic and in in inclusion. Those are the people who I want sitting at my table. So yeah, so I just went for it.
1: <laughs> I love I I love that. And I'm simultaneously, it makes me curious because and I and I don't know how to even ask this or, or broach the subject. So I'm just gonna stumble my way through it. There's a part of me that loves when you're saying you can do anything you want and you know go after it. And I forget what exactly you said. I was I was trying to pay attention to every word about the, you know there's obstacles in the way and and just go after it. Like that that's me too. Like I'm like get it, girl. And mm-hmm. you know over the last probably five or so years for me, I had to take a giant step back and listen to a lot of a lot of women of color, especially Black women in my circles and beyond, and them saying. Uh, you like me as a white woman like stop saying that because there are obstacles that you a don't see and b won't experience and we need to give voice to that. Mm-hmm. And so I I'm I'm curious a maybe just like what comes up for you as as I say that and you know I'm still I'll just say one more thing. I think that where I've landed with it in 2021 as we're having this conversation and having continuing to do the work I still am like, get it, girl, <laughs> <You know>? and <laughs> acknowledge that getting it is sometimes easier for some people than it is for others. One hundred percent. Okay. Yeah, one hundred percent. So I I hear that
0: one hundred percent, and 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 that is my experience. So what motivates me is actually the uh, the amount of extreme injustice and inequity that I face, and I am determined to be as excellent, like, okay, just keeping it frank. My goal every single day is to get up and out-compete whoever wants to go toe-to-toe with me. Mm -hmm. And I will Mm -hmm. do that on any platform. And I will do that in any way, whether that's showing up in how I educate my children to how I run my business, to how I serve my clients, to how I teach my students. Like when you see me, I want it to be incredibly clear that I am here to compete. And yeah. the reason for, and, it, and it's not, it's not competition in like that, like
1: gross, you know, it's Step not on about people that. people on your way to the finish line. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's not that at all. What it is, is I recognize that as a black woman, as a black woman who's in business for myself, statistically speaking, I'm going, I'm still going to make 17 cents on the dollar for every white female entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. That is unacceptable to That's me. That's unacceptable. And so, yeah. Right. And so for me, it's like, because I'm aware of that, I'm aware of that from the numbers perspective, like the data perspective, but I'm also very much aware of that. Every time I go to a meeting with someone, I remember when I was looking to rent my, uh, you know, looking for a space for my hand boutique for my brick and mortar. And when I, I it was very clear to me when people stopped paying me any mind, and that was either when they saw me or when I expressed to them what my business was. And on both of those fronts, people stop returning calls. Like I'm very, very tapped into what the challenges are. Mm -hmm. And it's because I know them and because I experience them and because the data shows that they exist, that I'm so motivated to see it change. And that's where I'm I'm like, yeah, go for it. Build it. Don't give up. Like you, you can be aware that there are those challenges in front of you and you can still make the conscious decision to say this is this is not something that I'm willing to accept and I want
1: mm-hmm. to change the status quo. And that's what I'm here to do. Okay now I'm realizing why Sarah said we were going to be friends because we have a lot of similarities personality wise and and I know that that's not I just want to acknowledge that that's not everyone's personality like to have that inherent competitive nature and I always tell people like you have got to find what motivates you and for some people like you and I it's it's like that that fierce competition in in us and and I don't know about you but also being underestimated that is Like Mm -hmm. I I almost like want someone to underestimate me because that's when I really kick ass and take names. (laughs) (laughs) Try me, but and and yeah, I think people have to find whatever whatever motivates them and 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 you know I've experienced that to a lesser degree probably than you have, but definitely, and that's what motivates me too to you know to raise up the voices of, of marginalized groups, because I know what it feels like to be an oppressed group at just as a woman and, you know, to have it be even more so I'm like, oh, hell no, 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 no. Like we we need to change this. And so thank you for being candid about that. And I'm so glad that it can, it can be both. And I, I also want to touch on legacy because you mentioned that, and before I ask you the question, I, I don't want to, I, I want to give you a moment to speak because I just talked a lot and like, did you want to respond to that at all? Or, or can we, can we move on to legacy? Oh, no, we I'm, let's go. Let's, okay. go, let's go, okay. let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I love that you, you believe in the power in the legacy that we leave, if I heard you correctly. And so what is, tell us more about what legacy means to you and, and why it's so important to you.
0: Oh, absolutely. So uh, legacy for me is leaving the world better than we found it. Right. Um, That is uh, being successful in whatever that looks like to you, because that's very, you know, very subjective and very personal. Um, But being successful and within that success, bringing other people along with you. Um, For me, I think about legacy in the context of, you know, the example that I leave for my children, how I prepare them to engage with the world, how I prepare them to to serve the world as well. And, you know, in my clients and in my students, that looks more like, you know, creating spaces within which they can feel empowered or they can identify their own empowerment. And I, I want to take a second here and just pause and say, I use those words specifically. Oftentimes, you'll hear people say things like, I empower women too. And I have a I have a bone to pick with that. Like, I don't believe that we empower anyone to do anything. They must empower themselves. And um, as leaders, our job is to create the container the framework or the spaces within which they can feel comfortable to lean into that, that power. Right. Um, So for me, legacy is, you know, creating those spaces and providing the resources and providing the support for, you know, for those clients or for those students or for who, you know, whoever it is that I'm working with at the time um, Mm -hmm. to lean into their own self-empowerment. And, um, and so when we part ways for them to, to go away, knowing that, Chelsea did something for them, and Chelsea touched their life. Chelsea left this sort of um, impact on them that will not be forgotten,
1: whatever that looks like. I absolutely love that. I love that you have have taken the time to really parse out, because I agree with you. It's not just semantics, like the the whole like, and I've used it too before. And I always tell my clients, like, my goal is. Is so that you're you're very, you know, hopefully sooner rather than later, you're not gonna need me anymore. Then I'm gonna teach you the tools that I know and you're going to use them so that you can be empowered, feel empowered, empower yourself to hopefully that there's the ripple effect and and it matters. Words matter and 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 I absolutely love that. Thanks for sharing it. And maybe I'm I'm reaching, but does henna and legacy, are those connected or are they separate? I think I mean yes and no, right? So
0: on the guests, sure. Um, in that I mean, Henna is an ancestral art. Henna is an art that has a very long tar- long standing in uh, West Africa. For me being someone who's a descendant of enslaved people, it's very close to my heart, knowing that i'm I've reclaimed this art form that my ancestors would have used, that my ancestors did use, that my ancestors, you know, those who, who also come from that, those same lineages, but happen to be on another continent still they are using today. Right. And it was something that as someone who, who comes from enslaved people where that, that legacy, that treasure of self-care and of celebration was literally lost in the middle passage. Mm -hmm. um, It feels very empowering for me to be able to take this art form and not only share it with my clients and, and, and leave them, Um, who, which uh, the majority of my clients are also African-American women. So we're dealing with, you know, I've now reclaimed it and we're using it again within, you know, within our community. And that feels really good. Um, And then of course, to be able to take that craft and monetize it as well, like that's super empowering when you think about just the financial impact. But uh, beyond that, for me, Henna is, truly it's just the means to the end henna is the medium through which i'm having conversations whether that's over the table as i'm creating designs for my clients at the henna boutique or whether that's me in group coaching with my students you know explaining to them how they can build their businesses it's just it's the means to the end for me the legacy is in the exchanges that we're having and um you know the conversations that we're that we're engaging in and these women seeing them open up and start to perhaps interrogate things about themselves and the world around them and, and the way they see themselves and, and things like this, like that's where, that's where the legacy I think is formed and Henna just provides me the space to do that.
1: I'm interrupting this conversation to bring you a few words from some of our sponsors. You've heard many of the guests here on the podcast who are licensed therapists, and you know I encourage everyone to go to therapy. I'm proud to have BetterHelp as one of our sponsors because there's so many things I love about their service. When you sign up for BetterHelp, they'll assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. It's more affordable than than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. Their licensed professional counselors specialize in things like depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief, self-esteem, and their service is available for clients worldwide. I want you to start living a happier and more fulfilling life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com com slash kickass. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash kickass. 2020 was a lot, right? And we could all benefit from less stress and more sleep in our lives. One of the things that helped me profoundly in 2020, and even well before that, was the Calm app. Calm has a whole library of programs designed for healthy sleep, like soundscapes, guided meditations, and over a 100 sleep stories narrated by soothing voices like Stephen Fry, Kelly Rowland, and Laura Dern. My favorites are under the meditation section, and it's the emotions category. There's meditations for easing depression, anxiety, for staying on track, mindful eating, and so many different helpful meditations. Over 85 million people around the world use Calm to take care of their minds and get better sleep. And when you relieve anxiety and improve sleep, you feel better in every part of your life. I'm so excited to partner with Calm because for listeners of this show, Calm is offering a special limited time promotion of 40% off Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash kickass. When they told me 40% off for my listeners... I was like, dang, that is a great deal. I'm so grateful for that. It's 40% off unlimited access to Calm's entire library and new content is added every week. Get started today at calm.com slash kickass. That's calm.com slash kickass. And thank you for supporting our sponsors because that in turn supports this show. You mentioned values very briefly, and that's another topic i I talk about ad nauseum. And so tell us in in your words, how can a woman live sort of unapologetically and and honor her values? How do you speak to that?
0: Ooh, ooh,
1: that's such a good one. Okay. So
0: for me, that looks like identifying what you want, right? Like we, it has to start there. We live in a society where women specifically, we're not socialized to, 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 Acknowledge our desires. We're not socialized to acknowledge our um, our wants in any way, whether that's you know our dreams for the future or what we want to eat or what clothes we want to wear. Like even sexually, we, yeah, even sexually in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, yes, we are not. We're not socialized to acknowledge those things, let alone to speak them, let alone to live them out loud. This looks very much like one acknowledging what those wants are, and then beginning to lean into them. And when we do that, I think we give ourselves, not only do we give ourselves obviously the permission to explore them further. And with that exploration, you really come to define what it is that's unique about you and what makes you the wonderful and amazing person, human being that you are and why, you know, why the world needs you. Um, But it also makes space for the people around you who are witnessing that sort of development Mm -hmm. to do the same for themselves. And so it really is, A ripple effect. And even, even there you see legacy start to come into play, right? Where we're influencing those around us just by saying, okay, this is who I am and this is what I like, or this is what I want. And I'm willing to own that without, you know, consideration of someone else's judgment or opinion or if there's, those are all moot points, right? So hopefully
1: the ripple effect is positive.
0: (laughs) Hopefully so. (laughs) Hopefully so.
1: Yeah, it isn't always. And I, I want to just acknowledge that really quick. I'm thinking, I often, when my guests are talking, I, I think about like, I wonder what my listeners are asking right now, uh, you know, about their own lives. And and I think that sometimes, not always, and I, I don't know the stats on this, but when people, like the people that listen to this show and, and read self-help books and they start to change and they or even like they start to want to change and, and take some action, sometimes the people in their lives don't like it. And Mm -hmm. I just want to acknowledge that that's difficult for people. And I understand it's happened to me before as well. I've gotten pushback from people. Boundaries have been pushed and crossed and it's, it can be difficult, but the the upside is that yeah there's going to be people who see what you're going through and and really like it and want to hear more and it's just i've 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 come to the realization where you have to give people the dignity of their own process and their own life's journey and sometimes it, it's not up to us <laughs> i think more often than not it's not up to us and change can't really be prescribed it has to be anyway i went off on a little bit of a tangent there in case anybody was
0: wondering about that. I am with that hundred percent, you know, and that is just it, right? All, all of all of our decisions, right? All of our decisions, all the actions that we take and the words that we say, they're all powerful and we have to own that, right? So whether you are, you know, what, for me, when I think about leaning into one's desires, of course, and when you think about the ripple effect, you know, to that end, even more, like we, we also must be responsible for, uh, for the things that we say and the actions that we take and how they impact the world around us. Uh, for me, I also, you know, I, I like to be, while I'm cognizant of the impact that I'm making on the world around me, right? Obviously, I, I want the, the, um, the effects of my actions to be positive. I also like to remind myself that I am not responsible to anyone else's story, right? I'm responsible to my own story. And so long as I show up in the world with dignity and with respect to others and respect towards myself, um, and you mentioned boundaries, which I love, For me, even oh my gosh, even just this week, I was sharing with my students. I'm like, you know, boundaries. For me, I like to define these as like boundaries—the space in which I can love you and still respect me. When I think about you know that ripple effect, I don't know what I'm what I'm pointing to here is ownership, right? Is ownership um, and autonomy, Mm -hmm. and understanding that each of us has to be responsible for our own and we have to our own actions and our own impacts, and also um, allow that same grace to others that, that they also, they have to have agency of their own processes. Yeah. So I agree with you. Yes.
1: Yes. I, I, I love this conversation and it's an important one. And, and I'm, I'm curious, I'm, I'm kind of like going backwards here. I was going to ask you this in the beginning, but I got excited asking about Hannah, but I'm curious. So you came into, like you started your career in social work. Isn't that correct? Yes. <laughs> Can you tell yeah. us about that a little bit? Like how does one go from being a social worker to, to being a henna artist, to then helping people build henna businesses?
0: Uh, yeah. Oh, so it was a wild ride. Um.
1: <laughs> As it usually <always. laughs> is. People change yeah. careers. Yeah.
0: Oh my gosh. Definitely. Like not the world, the, the road less traveled, they say no, but I was everywhere. Um, no. So I did my, um, my background is in social work. Um, I worked both in the nonprofit and in the government sides. So I've got both, <laughs> both perspectives. When I first started my business, I was working in the nonprofit uh, sector. And in the field, my specialty was working with um, those who were, the families and individuals who are dealing with domestic violence or sexual assault. So um, I had just uh, relocated from the DMV area, I was living in Virginia at the time, to Nebraska, where I uh, started working with this nonprofit agency. And, um, you know, at that time, I was a single parent, it was just myself and my son who's uh, around a, just a little over a year old at the time. And um, the nonprofit that I was working with lost a grant um, and that grant obviously would have been what allowed for them to employ mm-hmm. me. And mm-hmm. I was the most recent hire on the team, so we already know what happens there. I get let go and I did not have a plan. Not only that, I didn't have a safety net. I mean, I didn't have community. I literally just moved across country. Oh I did not have a savings. Like this was not a good situation. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I had a habit of keeping henna on. That was my that was my self-care. And uh, so uh for me, you know, having henna on especially in times of high stress was very common and Uh, what ended up happening is I was at the grocery store and I was like making my way through the grocery store doing mental math because I had about $32 left in my bank account. And I've got Uh my baby in the cart with me and I'm just trying to figure out what I can buy. That's going to last the longest because I don't know what's happening next. All I've got to get out of the store because like, I need to go cry in my car and Mm -hmm. then move on with life. Right. When I got to the register, there was a young lady who, you know, she's checking out the items and she saw, she noticed the, on my, the henna on my hand. And she asked me, she's like, what is that? You know, I've never seen that before. And she goes, will you do it for me? I'll pay you. And when she said that, it was like, like the clouds opened. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it's like, oh, here's the idea of this. Okay. Excellent. Yes, I will do it for you. And um, so I check out and I go home and like I phone a friend and borrow twenty bucks to buy like the cheapest business cards I can. I hosted this event at a local park, and at that event that it was henna is free. All I need is for it. You can get free henna. Just come. Let me do the design for you. Let me take a picture of it. Share it to social media. And if anyone asks you where you got your henna done you send them my way. That was my only ask. Smart. And (laughs) listen, can I tell you, I was getting bookings before I left that event at the park. And that was how I started my business. I did not expect to be a henna artist. In fact, early on, I was very embarrassed that I was a henna artist. I, I, I didn't consider myself an artist at all. That's, that's how I started. Yeah. It, it was a lot.
1: That's so interesting that do, do you think that that was, I mean, I don't know how happy you were at, at at your social work job, but do you think that that was sort of some kind of divine spiritual intervention that happened, or was it just a coincidence, a random coincidence?
0: No, in some ways, I really do because you know oftentimes, even my clients at the head boutique, they'll ask me, do I miss social work or would I ever go back to social work? And actually, for a time, I did. After I launched my business, I did go back, and I, that's when I moved into the government side. I worked for the state for a while. And, um, and I was, you know, using henna as my side hustle. But today, when I look back, I think about how much I am doing now inside of my community that looks like social work without the red tape. Like Mm -hmm. one of the things that I, and this was the only thing, honestly, that I disliked about working in social work, being in the field was the bureaucracy, the red tape. Mm -hmm. I, I could not stand knowing that someone needed a thing and I was not going to be able to provide it because I couldn't get that stamp of approval before 4 p.m. on Thursday. Like, you know what I mean? Like that was not okay for me. And when I think about the work that I'm doing now in serving my clients, a lot, a lot, a lot of it is apples to apples. Um, mm-hmm. And I get to do we- it very freely.
1: So, which, great. which brings me to my next question that I was getting curious about that I wanted to ask you. And that's, what is a commonality that you see, and this might be different because I was going to say, with when you used to you know, just do henna art on people, and then now you, you help women create their own henna businesses. Like, What is a common, common struggle that you see with these women?
0: Oh my gosh. Whether it's my clients or my students, the very first thing that comes to mind is they doubt themselves. Mm -hmm. There is so much negative self-talk and it's uh, this, this is, this is the part that I, I, it gets me a little riled up because I'm like, we just talked about the things that we weren't socialized to do, but this is one that we're very socialized to do.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And part of it is like, like a biological, like neurological thing that just happens, you know, with our wiring, Mm -hmm. but yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. But we are so like, oh, you know, when someone gives you a compliment, for example, like we are. Oh, thank you. You know, thank you. But also, we're hesitant to receive it. Versus, right. if someone gives you a criticism, that's the thing that will keep you up until two a.m. Right? Yes. It's the
1: like negativity why? bias. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm like, why are we like this? Why? Why? Why must we be this way? I don't um, know. I, you know, like I I know the science, I geek out on this kind of stuff, but I forget what the, what science, maybe the jury's still out as to why we have a negativity bias. And I can't remember, I've probably had someone on who's way smarter than me, who's told me <laughs> <laughs> well, I, probably it's some, I, I think what it all comes down to is some kind of survival mechanism that was super useful back in like the quote unquote caveman days when our lizard brain mattered and now it doesn't. Right. Right. now oh, that, that, I that I wish there was a magic pill
0: oh, you and me, both you and me, mm-hmm. both. can you imagine the, the impact on the world? If more women had like just the, I won't even call it the wherewithal. It really is like the audacity to mm-hmm. step outside of that, of that negativity of that, of that bias of that fear. Oh my gosh. We, yeah. how much could we accomplish?
1: Oh, I saw a meme floating around, I don't know, a year or so ago that said if women, it might have been over the summer when tensions were really high with with race relations and after the, the murder of George Floyd. And it said something like, if women took all the energy they use to lose weight their entire lives and put it towards ending racism, <laughs> the world would be a better oh. place. Maybe it said white women. And I was like, ooh, yes. Yeah. But and I mean, that that could be with really so many different things, like the energy that we put towards, uh, you know, picking apart our bodies, we put that towards the, you know, self-acceptance and self-trust and self-expression, the world would change.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Within I'm a single it. generation. I mean, <laughs> yeah. listen, you and me both, you and me both. I'm like, this is,
1: <laughs> these the are the things that list. keep me
0: up at night. Yes, absolutely. Oh my yeah. gosh.
1: Yes. And I, I am, am so, I'm so grateful to see, I had a woman on who um, wrote a book about, she wrote a couple of books and one of them that was, that was specifically on negotiations in the workplace. And I asked her, and so she's, she's older than me. Um, I don't know what, um, what generation she's either an older Gen X or a young baby boomer. And I asked her like in your research, are you seeing that millennials and Gen Z women are, negotiating more and asking for more raises and are better with their relationship with money. And she says, yes and no. (laughs) She said that (laughs) they, they know that it's a problem. Whereas the older generations, you know, just generally speaking didn't, but, um, basically they're getting the memo earlier and that's, Mm. that's progress. I will say it's progress, but it's still, it's still a big problem.
0: Oh no, absolutely. Like, um, just, having the problem awareness. I mean, that's, that's half the battle, right? And then at that point you can start to ideate around how to fix things, how
1: to change them. I sometimes say it's half the battle, but it's not really the one that matters the most. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, <laughs> you, you can't I agree. stop there and be like, ah, you know, like, look at what oh, yeah. I did. I, mm-hmm. I often stop there just at self-awareness PS, everybody <laughs> rest <laughs> on my laurels. Just being honest, yeah, but it's it's the action taking and the man the the managing. I hate to say it, but I think that was a time in my life, in the very very beginning of my personal development journey, where I was like, "Oh my god, yes, I get it, I understand this negative self talk thing. I'm going to say my positive affirmations, and it's all going to be fixed. My life's going to be great." Ooh. I was I was sorely mistaken that this is going to be a lifelong conscious intention that I had to make. Oh, amen.
0: I'm like air clapping to this yes. Yes, I'm here for this
1: okay. <laughs> well I I wanted just to ask you one more question before we before we close it down here and that's can you can you tell us some maybe some steps a woman can take to learn to stand in her authority and position herself as you know whether she wants to be an artist or a change maker or you know an expert on something or or whatever it is that she wishes in the world.
0: First things first, own your shit like own it. If that's what you want to do, own it. We have, we can't, you know, how ridiculous would it be for me to go out into the world and be like, oh yeah, I'm like, I'm kind of an artist. Like I'm a, I'm a little bit of an artist or maybe I'm not an artist at all. Right. No, own it. So uh, whether you're wanting to get the next promotion or you want to, you know, be the expert or you want to homeschool your children, like whatever that is, own it. Um, Then uh, for me, I like to approach this kind of with, in the same way that I approach most things in, in business, right. I have a framework around this and the first step is mastery. So become the master, the master of your craft or the master of your set. and understanding of course, that you can never know everything about anything. That's just not possible. Mm-hmm. However, there's, there's something that's so important about really getting in there and getting granular and, and dedicating yourself to the continued education um, and comprehension of your craft or skill set. You want to be X, Y, or Z, great. Tell me about that. Know the ins and outs. Um, and that's where investment comes in, right? You invest your time in and or you invest your money or you invest your resources. You find a coach, you find a mentor, you find a podcast, you find whatever it is um, to help you expand that knowledge. But lean into mastery because that's first. Um, after that, you need to have a strategy. So you know if you're wanting to make whatever change to to uh, better occupy those shoes, those desired shoes have a strategy for that. Oftentimes we will dream about doing a thing and then it gets no farther than that. Or we buy the, the pretty planner, right? And we put all the things down, but then we don't actually take the actions. That are going to, to um, move us from step A to step B. And I strongly believe that you know our actions have to be well aligned with our aspirations. So build a strategy around it. And then the last part is execution. So once you've got that plan in place, once you have that strategy in place, um, then take the steps. And sometimes that's really scary and that's okay. But if it's not scary... <laughs> Or if it feels really easy, then you're still in the realm of that comfort zone and growth never happens there. You know, inside of that execution with every action that we take, there's also clarity that we receive. And so um, with that final like pillar, if you will, of, of moving forward, that's where you really get to see the magic happen. Yeah, that's where you start to also
1: be able to to reap the fruits of, of your labor. I love that you wrap that all up in a pretty bow. (laughs) I can tell us that the first time you've said that, (laughs) you know, (laughs) it
0: is, you know, this is, it's my framework. I, I, I really believe that this works. What is what works for me? And hopefully it serves your audience as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, I agree with everything that you said and I, I am, I just, I love your energy and you are just a gift to the world and, and where can people find you if they want to, if they want to, Get more of Chelsea.
0: If you're in the Baltimore area and you'd like to get henna done, you can find me at Cardamom Clove Henna. But if you're anywhere else in the world and you want to hang out, you can find me just about everywhere at hennapreneur or hennapreneur.com.
1: Hennapreneur.com. Chelsea Stevenson, thank you so much for being here. And listeners, I am so grateful for your time. I know that it's very, very valuable and I am incredibly, incredibly happy that you choose to spend it with me and my guests. And remember, it's our life's journey to make ourselves better humans and our life's responsibility to make the world a better place. Bye, everybody.